Hello again and welcome to another episode of Real Talk with RJ. If this is your first time listening, please don't forget to like and subscribe and follow so you know exactly when we release brand new episodes. Also, don't forget to share. If you like what you hear, share it with everyone you know. I've been thinking about um, the topic that we're going to be discussing today, which, as you can read in the title, is Let's Discuss the Topic Hollywood Refuses to Address, Black on Black Murder. It's a really big topic because I have not heard since the 90s the amount of people that are being killed on a daily basis, you know, especially black on black. We saw Colin Kaepernick is, you know, really interesting. Uh, he was a former um, NFL quarterback for the 49ers, which is my team. I love the 49ers, but like I was like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe this dude is doing all this crap right now. He was adopted and raised, if I'm not mistaken, he was raised by two white parents who loved him and never made him feel like he was a different color than them. They, they loved him and, and they were always very supportive. It was because of them that he was able to achieve the things that he achieved. He was raised not as a black child, but as their child, period. And all of a sudden he wants to go back to Africa and, and get in touch with, with his alleged roots, you know, even though, and he wants to talk about, oh, you know, America is you know, horrible with slavery and they built on their country on slavery, which is like, that's a big narrative. People are always saying, you know, uh, slavery built America, which is a ball faced lie, because if I'm not mistaken, you look in the history, the side of the country that had slaves lost the war. So slavery didn't build this country. It lost the battle. It lost the war. So yeah, there were immigrants from all over the world that were helping build this country. So that's just a fact. But they want us to keep, you know, being mad about slavery. They want us to keep pushing this issue about slavery um, to make us mad and make us fight against each other. But, you know, for those of us who actually do research and those of us who are really looking for truth rather than looking for what we want to agree with and throwing out what we disagree with, those of us who really are seekers of truth are starting to see like, nah, there, there is no war that should be fought between blacks and whites. We all bleed red and we all are good people if we put our minds to it and stop focusing so much on color. But what I like, I said all that to say, like Colin Kaepernick, as soon as he got benched, you know, as soon as they, they're like, we're, we're not going to play you. You're not going to start you anymore. We're going to put someone else out there. As soon as they put him on the sidelines and benched him, he got mad because he wasn't getting all the attention, all the camera spotlight. He wasn't getting all the, um, the deals and everything like that. People didn't care about Colin Kaepernick at that point because he was on the sidelines and nobody really cares about who's sitting on the bench. They only care about who's on the field. So in an effort to matter again, Colin Kaepernick decided to start kneeling for the national anthem so that the focus will start coming on him. And then he was like, oh, well, you know, black people are oppressed by the police officers. And, you know, back in the 60s, 70s, you know, maybe early 80s as well. Yeah, I, I agree that that was happening. But in today's society where everyone has an iPhone, where everyone has um or excuse me, a smartphone where everyone has a camera in them and there's cameras all over the place. It's happening still, but it's not happening at the rate it was back in the 60s where just for walking, just for being black, walking down the street, you're going to get pulled over and beat up by a bunch of cops. That's not the thing anymore. Cops will harass you. There, there, are, there are racist police officers. And people are like, you know, we keep seeing this happening over and over and over again. We're seeing racist cops pulling black people over and beating them up and this and that. The reason why we're seeing it so often is because we are connected to a world wide web. We're able to see things that are happening in Baltimore and 
uh, New York, we're able to see things happening in other states at the click of a mouse or the press of a, of a button. But we're not seeing the tens of thousands of police car stops that where nothing happens. We're not seeing that. We're only seeing the one out of every 5,000 car stops that goes wrong. Or will someone does something they shouldn't be doing. So yeah, we start seeing Hollywood talk about, we need to defund the police. You start hearing uh, uh, Hollywood talk about, take a knee, everyone needs to kneel in solidarity, Black Lives Matter and all this. They're all talking about that when the narrative was police officers are murdering black people. That was the narrative. That's what people were talking about. Everyone was focused on that. Everyone wanted that to be on the top of every uh, news site or news station or a news outlet. We had people tweeting about it. You had all these celebrities who have never once been uh, political, but because other people being political, they're like, crap, I need to matter too. So I'm going to send out a tweet that says, you know, uh, hashtag Black Lives Matter, defund the police. Like, dude, go back to acting and shut your mouth. We don't care what your political views are. But you started seeing a lot of people pandering to the movement and jumping on the board with Black Lives Matter just because it was called Black Lives Matter. But then what did Black Lives Matter do for the black community? Nothing. None of that money that was raised went to George Floyd's family. And I'm not praising George Floyd. As I always say, I don't think he should have been murdered. I, I disagree with the way he was murdered by the police officers that were involved. But that's not all cops. That was those specific police officers. In my personal opinion, as I said on a recent episode, I believe that uh, those individuals that were standing within, within like reaching distance of George Floyd being murdered slowly, um, I believe that they should also be counted as accessories to that crime. They did nothing but record. Nobody at all tried to save that man's life by pushing those cops off and saying, hey, you're killing him. You need to stop. You need to readjust your leg. In fact, there was a woman standing right there saying, I'm a nurse or I'm an EMT or something like that. Your, act, your knee is in a bad place. You're killing him. You're going to kill him. She was saying that stuff to him, yet did nothing about it. And all those other people standing there recording would rather get likes than do something. We're like, oh, well, he's a cop. You don't want to no, screw that. You go from being a cop to a murderer if you're breaking the law to cause somebody death. So your badge means nothing. You have the lawful right to defend the life of another person if it is being violently and illegally taken. If a police officer is using his badge to, uh, to swindle money out of you or to force sexual favors from you, you have the right as a bystander to go actually interfere and, and take that person down. You can arrest a police officer. You have the right to citizen's arrest. That's actually a lawful use of citizen's arrest when a police officer is actually using his badge to, um, and I'm not a lawyer. I, I have to say that for um, just in case somebody wants to try to take my words out of context, but Citizen's arrest is a thing. It can be used in the right circumstances, but people try to use it for stupid things. You took my parking spot. You're under citizen's arrest. Or, you know, you didn't give me the, the employee discount that I wanted, so you're under citizen's arrest. Or you didn't make my Starbucks out, uh, drinks the right way, so you're under citizen's arrest. So they do it stupidly. But if you see a police officer actually beating somebody, especially a child, you see a police officer beating a child, and you run up there and grab him and take him off and then, like, restrain him and then handcuff him, that's 100% legal. When the police officers come over there and try to, you know, uh, arrest you because, you know, they don't know what happened, at, you're going to get released because you stopped an assault on a child. Now, if you're interfering with the lawful arrest, that's where there's a thin line. 
you out you go out there between a police officer who's trying to subdue a uh, um uh a suspect you go out there and you you push him off him because you don't like cops now you're interfering with uh with police business and you can go to jail for that as well and you're probably going to get manhandled really badly for interfering with the police uh investigation that had nothing to do with you so it's it's time to know when to go when to act and when not to but the whole thing I'm talking about is we saw all of Hollywood unite for Black Lives Matter because it was a nice little title. But when you look at the money, all Black Lives Matter money went to buying a nice, beautiful house in pretty much a non-black neighborhood for the, the founders of it. And it also went to funding the, poli the, the political campaigns of a bunch of Democratic politicians. So it was never about, uh, about black lives. It was about making money off of this. Whenever... Um, for any of you guys that go to concerts, you always will see people slinging shirts out there. They'll have a bunch of t-shirts that are not official merchandise, but they're merchandise that they're selling with the face of the person you're going to go see. They go out and capitalize on it. And I'm not knocking them. That's awesome. You know, they're trying to make an honest living and they're capitalizing off an opportunity to make t-shirts, to make merchandise, to make money. Like more power to them. That's awesome. And even uh, Gabriel Iglesias would say, you know, a lot of people will say, don't buy merchandise from them. It's not authentic. But he's like, I respect that. They're trying to do something, you know, um, uh, they're doing something honest. They're not out there stealing from anybody. They're trying to do something and raise money to feed their families. I support them. You're 100% okay with me if you want to go buy that merchandise out there. It's not official, but you can go ahead and buy it, support them. That's cool. That was really cool of him to say that. And I've heard him say that in concert multiple times. Um, but having said that, we see a bunch of people go BLM just to pander just to get uh to get more money get more attention but we're not seeing anything about hollywood or any of these these hip-hop superstars or snoop dogg anymore or the or the game or 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 dr dre or any of the or drake or any of the people in hollywood we're, we're hearing lizzo say oh well i'm oppressed i'm oppressed you know this is crazy we need to um we need to change the laws in this place i'm oppressed as she's standing there receiving an award and then she goes you know, to walk outside surrounded by her security, her private security. And uh, then she goes back to her multi-million dollar home in a very gated community, most likely, where she doesn't have to worry about any of these people that, that like her and love her and adore her coming over the fence and bothering her. But yeah, these same people are saying defund the police as they are protected by armed guards. These same people that are calling for gun control and we need to take guns away from the hands of people because all this violence is happening are surrounded by armed guards. Make it make sense. What is Lizzo oppressed in? She just received an award for that, even though she's an idiot, in my opinion. She's celebrating being unhealthy. People are like, oh, you know, being fat is beautiful. You're fat phobic if you don't think so. Like, no. There's a difference between hating fat people, which is very negative. That's a very horrible thing to do, is to hate some, an entire class of people just because they look a certain way. But then there's an, another balance to it of saying, I feel sad for people who are unhealthy. Unhealthy includes people who are heavily obese, not slightly obese. I'm talking about people that are so obese they can't, they can't walk up three steps without breathing hard. People who are prisoners in their own bodies. These people may put on a, a, a big smile, but they're not happy with themselves. Their body won't let them be happy with themselves. They can't enjoy the things that other people can enjoy. And why is it okay to, you know, for us to set the rules on what is acceptable and not acceptable? Because we're looking at people who are heavily obese, like, like Lizzo and, and people who are bigger. They're like, oh my gosh, 
Like they're so powerful. They're so empowering to be that big. Look at them. They're so beautiful. They're big and fabulous. Yet a woman who feels, or a man for that matter, who feels that they are so big when they're a size three, when they're very, very, very thin, they're a size three, they're very fit, have a nice body, a very pleasant body, but they still feel fat. So they throw up, they binge eat and then they throw up. They have anorexia or bulimia. Why are we condemning that and saying, oh my gosh, no, that's not okay. You're so bad. That's so horrible. Why would you do that? Or somebody who wants to cut their own wrists to alleviate emotional pain. They're cutters, as they, as they call them. Well, no, because they're hurting themselves. Well, so is severe obesity. Severe obesity hurts your blood pressure. It, you never, ever see someone who's like 400 pounds plus who reaches the age of 80. Their body won't let them. So there's a difference between fat shaming somebody and like talking down. I'm like, oh my gosh, you're a horrible person because you're that big versus sweetheart. You need to get it together. This is not healthy. And you're saying it out of love. There's a big difference. Hollywood is like is cherry picking certain things, but they're not talking about truth. They're not talking about the fact they're, they're so hard to support the trans community that they're overshadowing the very women who are now becoming invisible, who are losing their voice. All these quote unquote feminists are fighting for the, uh, the trans community's rights at the expense of losing their own voices. They're literally fighting for biological men to take their places in sports and all kinds of other things. And Hollywood's talking about cops killing black people like it's a big, big occurrence. But it's not. I looked at the numbers. And according to Statista.com, and you know, whenever I talk about stuff like that, I try to do my, I, my best to do research and make sure that my claims are accurate and, and factual based. And Statista.com, you know, they have lots of statistics and they're very reliable from what I've been able to see. But I looked up the uh, amount in 2022, the amount of people who were killed by police officers. I was like, I wanted to see, you know, what's, what's this percentage? Because I've heard people see it, but I haven't seen the numbers myself. So I wanted to look it up and see what is the number of people who were killed by police officers in 2022. If I looked up every, every year before that, then we would be here a lot longer. But I wanted to get right to the point. In 2022, 25 police officers, or excuse me, 25 Asians were killed by police officers. I don't remember ever hearing about Asian Lives Matter when it comes down to police killings. When I heard Asian Lives Matter, I heard, you know, Asians were getting bullied by other people, not cops, but getting bullied and, and beat and assaulted by other people. So, but it, I never heard anything about cops killing Asians. I had no idea that cops had killed any Asians. It was really interesting to see that figure. Uh, 216 Hispanics were killed by police officers in 2022. 17 Native Americans were killed by police officers in 2022. I didn't hear about any Native Americans being killed by police officers. And again, this is, uh, this is not un, you know, uh, unlawful shootings. This is like shootings, period. Anytime a cop had to squeeze a trigger on a, on a person, that number went up into the statistics. So it's not talking about uh, just those who were unarmed or those who were unlawful shootings. These are anytime someone was shot, whether they were armed or unarmed, justified or unjustified, this, this number is included in the statistic. I saw that uh, one Pacific Islander, like a Polynesian person, was killed by a police officer. 
and I saw that 313 blacks were killed by police officers, which is really interesting. But then I saw that 502 white people were killed by police officers. We didn't hear about the 502 white people or the 25 Asians or the, 300, or the 216 Hispanics or the 17 Native Americans or the single Pacific Islander. We only heard about the few black people, you know, in the totality of all those people killed by police officers, we only hear about blacks being killed by police officers because the message sells. Hello, Yusuf. Hey, Ross. Welcome yeah, to the show. Uh, yeah, uh, is that all the stats or? Yeah, that's all the stats for, for that part. Okay. I have more stats, yeah, but like that's just for uh, people who were killed by police officers in 2022. Wow. Yeah, that's 2022, too. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, I, I, I could say something about what, like non lethal weaponry, I guess, but that's kind of sci fi. But uh, I, I was going to say, when you say it's a Hollywood matter i mean there is a relationship between hollywood and new york and i call it the straw man two-step you know like uh, there's a there's an argumentation tactic called the straw man you've you've heard of that um no i haven't uh well it's it's where somebody making an argument they say well this is wrong which makes me right like oh. they, they present a false argument to make their argument look less goofy. Yeah. Would you equivocate right. that to like people shaming you because you disagree with them rather than actually countering with an evidentiary counter argument with facts to uh, take down your argument? Well, I mean, you know, you have a premise and then an argument. And usually like, I mean, when you present statistics, that's a, a premise for a uh, that, that that's that's about i mean math is about as basic as you can get yeah it's a, it's a premise for an argument um like a straw man two-step is where you have more than one party saying that there's a deficiency on the other side like uh if if okay you know how art imitates life or life excuse me life imitates art is the argument right so mm -hmm. When, when New York, the journalism in New York wants to get away with poor uh, journalism, okay, they can say that uh, they're going to focus on the life. They're going to say that they're going to focus on negative stereotypes that Hollywood says, but then it's like this is the excuse to ignore uh, something in the news. And, and then Hollywood can say, well, we got to reflect that. But that was already a falsehood in the first place. I, I, I'm not like a master of like, like delineating what a straw man two-step is. But if you look up like on Wikipedia, they'll have a formal article on it, the straw man argument, which is that's easy to understand. But the straw man two-step is the relationship between Hollywood and New York in my mind, where, I mean, late at night, just the other night, I was, I was a lot better at uh, talking about it. But yeah, I mean, what did you think of the film Crash, by the way? Because I, I, I thought that the, the problem with Crash was it was, it was a good film, uh, 
but it was more about synchronicity than it was about racism. Like, but but it got an Academy Award, and and people said that well, gee, this got an Academy Award, so we should have more uh, like films with a social message to it or with an agenda to it. When Crash really wasn't so much about an agenda; it was about uh, issues in racism wrapping themselves up poetically, kind of showing about how Providence handles these uh, situations. To me, that's what Crash was about. Yeah, I think there's also parts in there in, in the movie Crash where, um, where we just start seeing how everybody else has got stuff in their lives. And some people may appear to be racist a little more than they actually are because of the stuff that they're going through. Like if you put if you put an educated, like high class black person in the hood with a bunch of stereotypes, chances are they're going to start hating their race because that becomes a normal or they're going to start detesting their race. It It's just one of those things. You, and that works with any race being put with a bunch of negative stereotypes in their culture. They start to see that as the norm because that's all they see. So there's always a backstory to things. Yeah. Thank you so much for for coming on. I, I do appreciate uh, your 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 input. I and also the the concept of the straw man two step. I really do appreciate that. Um, to continue on with the the other statistics that I have is that I so I looked up those things and I started seeing the uh, how many people were killed. And just to remind you again, twenty five Asians were killed by police officers, three hundred thirteen blacks, two hundred sixteen Hispanics, seventeen Native Americans, one Pacific Islander and 502 white people were killed by police officers. The reason why I put emphasis on that is because more whites were killed by blacks. Now, statistically, there are more white people in America than blacks. This is true. So when you're looking at percentage of white people killed to percentage of black people killed, the numbers are different. But the whole point, what I'm saying to address those numbers is that we didn't hear about any of those other people being killed by police officers. All we heard was people who look like me and darker. We only heard black people being killed by police officers. Oh my gosh, cops are still out to get blacks. That was the narrative Hollywood was pushing. Now I want to go look and see, like I'm, I'm, I'm not a math major by any means, but I really do, one thing you can trust is correct math. Like Yusuf was saying, math is about as base as you can get. It's reliable, it doesn't cheat on you, there's no emotion to math. It doesn't care about anything else other than the facts. If the math is not right, you won't get the right equation. You can't manipulate math to do something it's not created to do. Math only wants accurate results. So when I looked at total murders in 2022, I was very surprised to find what I found. Uh, the total murders in 2022, these, there were 7,000, and I'm not just looking at men or women. I'm looking at both. In 2022, 7,029 white people were murdered. In 2022, 497 others and 315 unknown races were murdered. 2,847 Latinos were murdered. And 9,913 blacks were murdered. 11,347 not Latino, uh, Latino uh, excuse me, not Latinos were murdered. So, according to the statistics of statistics.com, of those 9,913 black people murdered, 
about 80 to 90% of them were murdered by other blacks. The number one cause of black murder in the United States is other black people murdering them. Where are the celebrities in Hollywood talking about the black on black crime? We heard them say, hands up, don't shoot. We started hearing them put on, or we saw them put on the masks. It even infiltrated the, the NBA. And when the NBA got woke, they lost a lot of money. We've been trying to show people, you go woke, you go broke. You've all heard that saying. When Bud Light wanted to put a, a trans guy on, uh, on the front of their can, when they've never put a woman or anyone else on the can, they want to celebrate 365 days of that person saying that they're a woman. And then it pissed off a lot of women and it pissed off a lot of men. They're all like, heck no. You're going to screw us over. You're going to betray the people that have been faithful and loyal to you now. And then they lose $7 billion over it. And I think that it's possible. They may not come back unless somebody else buys them. And who knows, maybe Elon Musk might go and actually buy Bud Light and say, okay, I'm going to buy Bud Light. And then we're going to start gaining traction again. That's probably the only way they can be saved because they shot themselves in the foot with a poisonous dart. <laughs> and there's no antidote anywhere around. But I look at that. Not 80 to 90% of black murders are caused by other black people. So we're the number one people killing our own race. But we don't see any of the celebrities in Hollywood talking about, hey, we need to get along in our communities. We need to stop tearing down our own communities. Why is it that when I, I, when I, I was born and raised in Sacramento, uh, Sacramento, California, in the United States, because I know there's, there's other people outside of the United States who are like, what's Sacramento? Um, because I have listeners in, in Ireland and I have listeners in Germany, France, uh, the Netherlands, New Zealand, all like all over the world right now. And I'm very grateful for all those people that really do enjoy tuning in to listen to this podcast. I'm very, very grateful for you. Um, so when I was looking at those numbers and I was thinking, why is it that when you put a bunch of blacks, like put a bunch of black strangers around to, uh, to each other, which is what used to happen when I was growing up in, in, uh, in Sacramento, we had the California State Fair, and it would be in Sacramento in, in this place called Cal Expo. And they used to have a, an event called Black Family Night. They had Black Family Night like every, every year. And all the black people in, in the community would love that, looking forward to it. Like, oh, yeah, we're going to go out there and have fun because there's a discount for blacks to get in. And we can have fun and, and celebrate being black with a bunch of other people who look like us. But every year, like clockwork, every year, there was a shooting. There was a massive uh, violent assault on, on multiple people. There were jumpings. There were there's a bunch of crimes happening where people were getting robbed and beat and all kinds of stuff. Every year, this stuff was happening. So every year, they had to increase the amount of police officers on site at the California State Fair. I witnessed this with my own eyes. This is not third-party you know, uh, accounts of them telling me this happened. This is me seeing this stuff. My mom, when I was younger, she, she, you know, we were born and raised in a hood. Like we knew how to pay attention to our surroundings. She taught me how to survive in this world. And she would notice certain people watching other people closely, you know, cause naturally in our, in our culture, it's common, especially for younger, uh, younger blacks. It's very common for people to wear lots of jewelry because we want to show, you know, hip hop culture is, you know, very related to black people. The number one fan base for hip hop is black people. In fact, uh, I did an episode recently about that, that black people, as far as fan base, black people tend to favor hip hop. 
there's more black fans of hip-hop than there are any of any other genre of music so hip-hop seems to be related to black culture because just the type of society we have they they often hear it on bt like oh man hip-hop culture is black culture man that's black culture that's who we are we celebrate it through hip-hop like we have the two have merged because hollywood aided to merge the two rather than saying no hip-hop is just a way that some black people like to express themselves no they hollywood wanted to uh, stress that hip hop is black culture. Then Eminem came on the scene, and then people were like, "Nah, it's no longer black co- culture." And then other people say, "Nah, he's just a white boy trying to act black," which is a stupid thing. I hate hearing people say that. I, people used to tell me that growing up all the time. Man, you don't talk black, or you ain't acting black. I'm like, how do you act black? I mean, were you supposed to be like that? Nah, nah. You didn't describe a black person. You described a stereotype. You can't act black. Black is a skin pigment. It means you're, you're of African descent. That's what it means. I'm not African-American. I've never been born in Africa. Haven't been to Africa. My citizenship is the United States of America. My mother is born in America. My grandmother and grandparents, born in America. We're American. I'm not a black American. I'm an American. I hate that we have to put color on something or race before nationality. Nationality is a beautiful thing and needs to be celebrated. People are so focused on division rather than unity, but they talk about we need to be unified. But our own people are some of the most divisive. Look at any culture. Go out there and look at a neighborhood that is majorly one culture and see what kind of unity you see there. Unfortunately, in our cultures, we don't see unity. I've never been in, and I've been born and raised in Del Paso Heights. They call it the deepest part of hell. Growing up in my life, in my experiences, where there's a lot of black people, there's always crime, high crime rates. There's always people getting their houses broken into. There, there's gangs that formulate there, and they're always competing against each other. If you had a car that's really nice and has got some stuff in it, like uh, that kind of stand you out, that, that show your success, it's getting broken into. Someone's going to steal your stuff. But you go to Latino neighborhoods, and more often than not, they celebrate each other like, oh, man, you made it. You got your own company. Hey, can you help me out with a job? Let me let's go work. Latinos have a village mentality. They tend to, to have each other's backs. They lift each other up. White people tend to do the same thing. Jews tend to do the same thing. There's always exceptions. I'm not saying all people are like this in every culture, but I'm saying the overall majority tend to do these types of things. They tend to lift each other up. It's really hard to do business with Asians. I'm not talking about um, the. Uh, um, like Iraq, Iran, Hindi, India. I'm not talking about those Asians, even though they do fit as well. I'm more talking about Korean, Chinese, Japanese. Those, that sector of Asian uh, culture, they really don't like to do business with outsiders. They like to work with themselves and lift themselves up first. They will do business with other people who are not, uh, they're not from their uh, culture or country, but they tend to want to stick with their own. Because they have the same belief systems, most, li- most likely they have the same respect levels, and they want to they want to you know build each other up. Our race doesn't do that, and you know um, if we look back in the history of where this type of mentality came from, it's likely that it came from the slave times because um, like we can't say it specifically did, but it's likely that it did because back in that time there was a I believe it's called the Lynchman Note. Um, this this uh, this man named Lynchman, I forget his actual name, but his name is Lynchman. He was known very well for having very obedient 
and subservient slaves. His slaves didn't act out of pocket. They didn't misbehave. They were very obedient to what he told them to do. And it was kind of renowned. People were always asking, like, how do you get your slaves to be so obedient and so submissive? So he did this brochure and he sent it out to all the slave owners. And he said, and these are like the summation of what he would say or what he said in that note. And I read it. He, uh, he said that, look, the secret to keeping the slaves obedient is to control the black woman. That was his angle. He said, first and foremost, what you need to do is get your two or three strongest bucks, which he was referring to as the, the black men, the black slaves that were men, the strongest, most rebellious, toughest ones. Go get them. And then the first person, the, the first one you get, you're going to tie one leg to one horse, the other leg to another horse, one arm to one horse, and then another arm to the other horse. And then you're going to get every one of your slaves to come out. And they're going to watch him. And you smack those horses' butts and have him be pull, uh, pulled apart in front of everybody. They're going to watch him continue, just be murdered right in front of their eyes. And then the other slave that is very strong and rebellious, you bend him over and you sexually assault him in front of everybody. And you make sure that they're watching this happen. Because they had this tribal mentality that I can go to my husband for protection. I can rely on my husband for protection. But the reason why you do this is you put it deep in their minds that they can't protect them. The only source of protection is the slave master. So if they're loyal to the slave master, they know they're protected and you will never have to break another slave because they will raise their children to be broken. That was his philosophy. And it was extraordinarily dark but extraordinary and exceptionally effective. And then you also had the factions of slavery. You had the, the, the house slaves who got better food. They got the better clothing. They tended to be the light-skinned slaves because they were more pleasant to look upon as you know uh, the slave masters would address them. They're like, they look better. They're more pleasant. They don't look like a bunch of uh, like filled African guinea. Like they would make them, the people in the field working hard in the sun, they would make them look like they were rodents. They would refer to them like they were rodents, cattle, but the people in the, in the houses, they were like dogs. These are my pets. These are my dogs, but they're part of the family, kind of. Like that's the, so because of the better lifestyle that the house slaves lived versus those who had to work out in the fields, regardless of what type of heat they were enduring, the temperature or the, the weather, they had to work out in the fields. There was a faction division between them two. So if one of the field slaves was doing something they shouldn't have been doing, it was likely that the house slave would snitch on them, you know, telling them and get them punished. So there was a lot of division between them two. So, uh, and they would get rewarded for their fate, fidelity to the master. So you had women snitching on the people that were supposedly their husbands, their mates, because their loyalty was to the slave master. So since that time, this division, this competition has happened. Now, during the 50s and 60s, there was a large unity because everyone was persecuted, even though they were slaves or they were free by this time. Every black person was persecuted in that time. That was just kind of the separate but equal Jim Crow laws. They persecuted you if you were in the wrong places. They told you what faucets you can use, what restrooms you could use, all that stuff like that. 
But then after being united for a little bit, then the welfare program incentivized women to to not get married and the government will take care of you and you don't have to worry about a man taking care of you. You don't have all these restrictions. The government will take care of you. When the government tells you it will take care of you, you should really raise some flags and be like, hold on, let me step back for a second because the government does not do anything for free. There's always a cost. So this division amongst, uh, amongst black people, it's toxic. We're killing ourselves at a higher rate than any other race is killing themselves in the United States. We're causing more violent crimes than any other race out there in the United States. And that's not something to be proud of. But the thing that, I, that really irritates me and that's a big problem for me is how come these same people like LeBron James and, and, and Colin Kaepernick and Drake and all these other people that wear hands up, don't shoot shirts and, and being woke and all that stuff, how come none of them were talking about all the black people that were murdered in 2022 or 2023 or the constant state of all these black kids out there on TikTok and YouTube taking over the streets, running amok, seeing our beautiful black daughters getting up on top of, of a car to twerk. How come none of them are talking about this? They want to talk about George Floyd, this person that has committed so many crimes and, and was a despicable person. Does that mean that he should have been murdered? No. But I'm saying look at the contrast. Look at how they praise this man. Look at the mural that they put up of this man. Where are the murals for all those little girls who were murdered by other black men? Where are the murals of all those girls that were sleeping in their, in their, in their cribs and shot because of a drive-by shooting? Where are all those murals of, the, of the, the sons that were trying to do the right thing and go to school, but they were killed before they can graduate high school just because they were walking through the wrong neighborhood and they refused to give up their wallet? Where are their murals? Where are their statues? Welcome back, Yusuf. I hope I'm saying your name right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, in, in my religious life, I've come to the conclusion that nobody is better than anybody else. Some people are better off than others. And when you can flight the two, you get poverty. I mean, that said, I, I remember this film, because I used to be a video clerk, uh, there was the French resistance during World War II and that, you know, the occupied France. And this was like an underground resistance. And there was a lot of like snitching and betrayal amongst these guys. It was like a really depressing film to see the breakup of the underground in this, uh, in this film, you know? Um, I think like it, it I, 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 my great grandfather came over here from Germany. Uh, so thank you for the education. Um, I, uh, I would say like when you've got external coercion like that or objective coercion, you know what I mean? Like or coercion by example or what have you. And then I, I think today it's, um, the larger population is kind of internalizing a kind of psycho psychops coercion, so to speak. Um, it's it, it's does that make sense? Uh, what do you mean by psychops? 
Well, I mean, like I was just talking yesterday with a guy on this platform about like um, in Vietnam, there were like uh, planes that would go over North Vietnam or occupied South Vietnam territories in the battlefield and they would play these ghost noises and stuff like that. Like they would play like sonic, uh, like haunted house noises. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. And this was psyops and stuff like that. It's kind of the same thing as disinformation and, uh, you know, it's, and the thing is, yeah, I mean, if you look at, I mean, there's a lot of people out there who, I mean, this is what a psychiatrist told me. He said that there are people who will deliberately seek out positions of power to do as much indiscriminate damage uh, as possible. And it's like a kind of psychopathy, but it's a more patient, calculating Machiavellian sort. Oh, yeah. Um, And and that's, so that's, that i think um yeah i mean and that so i i don't know whether it's you know because you get you got to watch what you do as a consumer both of uh media and any kind of perishable goods uh you know any any kind of anything you bring into your home um and that's kind of the thing we've got I'm a, interestingly enough, I can't relate to uh, the kind of a lot of don't, I, I never have driven a car. So your microphone is kind of cutting in and out. Like, oh yeah, I, I was going to say I don't drive a car with the kind of spontaneity. Like, let's go for a spin. I don't really uh, get around much. Um, but yeah, I mean, seeing as how we've got people going hither and thither nowadays, I, I think the main threat is the internalized coercion or the, 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 the sense of coercion. It's a more insidious kind that gets internalized. Um, I, I'll, I'll leave you with that. Well, again, thank you so much for your contributions. You, you reminded me of uh, when you're talking about Vietnam and, and the psych warfare, the psych ops that they did. One of the things that they would do to get into the heads of the American soldiers was after, uh, and this was the the Viet Cong, they would, um, or it was reported, and it was actually pretty common for them to do this, that they would castrate the the bodies of of deceased American soldiers who had fallen, and they would put those just like a lot of Americans did. They would get the ears of the people they killed and put them on a necklace, and you know wear that necklace around with all the ears, one ear for each kill. Uh, some of the the Viet Cong would castrate and cut off you know the 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 penis of um of fallen american soldiers and and then put them in their mouths and charge at them at the american soldiers with those things in their mouths so the the image is uh seared in their brain um they would also make necklaces with those things and and when the americans would see that first the shock factor is like oh crap that's a you know that's a male uh phallus in his mouth what the heck and by that time the time you process that that's what's happening you're already shot so to shock like it's it's really interesting to uh to talk about psychops and how effective it can be when using the right 
uh, the right context. And um, the propaganda that this government has been pushing is unreal. And the people are like, what propaganda? What are you talking about? Propaganda is done right when you don't know what's happening. Think about it. Before Elon Musk bought Twitter, you only heard one side of the argument. You heard anything you wanted to hear as long as it was a liberal point. And then people would say, fact check, true. You know, it was all fact checked. But then reports come out later on that these people fact checking stuff really weren't fact checking anything. They were just supporting your argument and that they're not reliable sources. They're biased. And then once Elon Musk bought it, then people try to make these allegations and say stuff. And then they were getting checked and like, not nah, actually, this was the whole thing of what this person said. You're cutting and splicing it and you're misstating what he said. And then they get mad. They're like, oh, we're, you're racist. You're homophobic. You're transphobic because you disagree with what I said. I'm like, no, I had not, nothing in what I said was transphobic or homophobic. It was just attacking your argument because your argument has no foundational value. It's a very stupid argument that's standing on sticks. So that's what I'm attacking. So, I mean, I said all that to say, like a, a lot of people are, um, a lot, especially a lot of people in, in my ethnic culture, it's so, like, we see it all the time on TikTok. Oh, you know, I'm getting kicked out of here because I'm black. Are you sure? Maybe it might be. Maybe a person was kicked out of a restaurant or, or something because they were black. And in those cases, it's very unfortunate. But do I believe that's the majority of what is the actual cause of a person getting hassled or, or assaulted or kicked out or, or persecuted? In the to when you take the totality, like, all the time somebody's pulled the race card. Oh, you're doing this because I'm black. Out of all those times, how many of those times do you think really, realistically and honestly, were because of the color of that person's skin rather than the way that person was acting? That person may have been very belligerent and very stupid and uh, like, oh, F y'all, y'all can't tell me what to do. This is a public place. I pay my bill. They could be acting super raunchy and they're getting kicked out for that. But they're not going to tell everyone that. They're not going to record themselves being raunchy. They're going to start recording once they're approached. And someone's asking them, can you please stop yelling so loudly? Oh, this white man came up to me and told me I need to stop yelling when everybody else is talking loud. Yes, because I'm black. You racist. You racist. You racist. Like, no. It had nothing to do with you being racist. It had everything to do with you being loud. We pull the race card so much. Not everything has, is, is racially motivated. Yes, there are things that are racially motivated. But the totality of stuff that's happening, the majority of stuff that's happening is not because of the color of your skin. But Hollywood is pushing us to think about skin color before the person's character. That's what they want us to do. They want us at each other's throat. They want us hating each other. If you have a MAGA hat, oh my gosh, go beat that person up. But you can have a Bernie hat or you can have a Biden hat and no one cares. People just look at you and shake their head and like, man, your president sucks. That's about it. So if you see a MAGA hat and immediately you think the person who's wearing a Make America Great Again hat is racist, are you sure you have not been brainwashed into believing propaganda? Because they still haven't been able to put out evidence on how this man is racist. They've been, I've literally have watched videos be taken off of YouTube and taken off of TikTok when there were black people talking about how Trump had helped them build up their multi-million dollar business when he gave them a loan when no one else would. Or when he helped them get a home when no one else would, or the black woman that still stays in Trump Tower, free of rent, when everyone else tried to evict her. Trump was there before he was a president, way before he even thought about running. 
He was there and said, you know what? You don't have to worry about it. You can stay here for as long as you like. And we'll give you three meals a day. You're good. That stuff wasn't talked about at MSNBC or CNN or any of these other news media outlets. Why would they say that he's racist when every black Hollywood celebrity, including Snoop Dogg and everybody else, and all these boxers have got pictures standing next to Trump? He was the man. How wasn't he racist then? All of a sudden, he's racist when he becomes president. What benefit would it be to call that man racist? Even though more black people went into the White House when he was president than before, why would it work to call him racist? Maybe it's because the black community, by a very large majority, are affected by that word. It is the one word that you can manipulate an entire racial community. That's why the majority of blacks vote Democratic every year, even though they make the same promises and do nothing. Blacks go for Democrats as a majority. That's a historical fact. Ever since uh, the Civil Rights Act of 1964, ever since that act, yeah. That's when people started voting Democrat. And ever since then, and even though um, uh, JFK, his policies were very Republican, even though he was a Democrat. So it's really interesting. I'm, and I'm not saying go one side or the other. That's not the point of this, this topic. The point is, do your research and make sure that the research you're doing is reliable research. TikTok has definitely destroyed our brain cells by keeping our attention spans very small. They started out with long videos and all of a sudden they started being very small, very short videos. And I'm just saying, like, people really need to wake up and stop buying into the Kool-Aid. Make your own opinion, formulate your own conclusions, and stop relying on other things just because it's something you like or it's a station you follow or something like that. We need to do our research. Hey, welcome, Otis. Hey, how you doing? I've been uh, listening to your topic, and I thought it's uh, pretty, pretty, uh, pretty deep. And... Uh, something we definitely need to talk about uh, more often. Um, what Absolutely. I will say is I, I know you was talking about the old, the um, George Floyd thing. And um, I really don't think, I understand what you were saying about his background and everything else. Um, but I don't really think at least a lot of people that I talked to, it wasn't really about him. It was about, you know, the cop that did that, the one that's supposed to be protecting us actually did that. And it was so blatant and, and to where, you know, they had to take notice. Um, and so it's it's not a thing of his background or, or anything else. I understand what you're saying. Where's the murals for everybody else who's been murdered black on black, murder or black on black crime. And believe it or not, there are a lot of murals that just doesn't get publicized. Exactly. You know, there are a lot of visuals that just doesn't get uh, visuals uh, that just don't get publicized. Now, you got to ask the question, who controls, you know, the media, you know, and, and so you'll find out that there's a lot of. I think Kanye know, West actually answered of... that question. <laughs> he got canceled for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, so it's, it's like we there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of. I would say smart uh, or people who have their, who can think independently, you know, in the 
black community, it just doesn't get publicized enough. And and uh, you know, I, I've been listening to you since you even went to the the uh, kind of the history of bucking and and everything else. You know, it's it's all it's just all how it's how they control. It's it's the same thing even now. It's how they control. You know, maybe they don't you know assault us like that anymore, but they have other ways of um, making someone who may be influential kind of bend to their will, you know, and that may be through offering them deals or uh, offering them money, whatever it may be, uh, or success or whatever it may be to get ahead. Yep. And so, you know, it's the exact same thing, but good topic. Um, and it is, it is a, a shame that, um, here's what I think is a shame is the fact that there will be a lot of people, whether it be black or white, um, that will only see minorities thinking a certain way because their minds is controlled by the media or by the media. Exactly. You know? And, uh. And that that really is a shame. I really think that's what divides us uh, and keep, keeps the majority of people getting together. There are some small pockets that get together. They understand it. We got it. You know, we're not going to stand for it anymore. But the majority is still being run by the news, whether it be white or black. You know, white people think. And if every, just for an example, you know, white people may say, Oh, well, that dude got dressed. Uh, he's no good. You know? Yeah. Oh, this person, you know, this, this white person is, uh, 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 evil because, you know, he didn't take my, like you said, he didn't approve my loan or whatever. No, he didn't approve your loan because you don't have the credit. Exactly. No. Uh, <laughs> but, and, and I've been in, I've been in the industry. I've been in customer service. I've been in management. I've been a supervisor. I've been a lot of things, so I understand it. I get it. Mm -hmm. uh, the only thing I will say, though, is the difference that I see a lot of times is the fact that still, if you have two criminals or two people acting out, one of them's white, one of them's black, or another minority, uh, the way they handle or judge the white person is still vastly different and how they handle or judge a minority. And that's just, I mean, I have cop friends. I have the whole nine. Like I said, I, I'm a property manager. I, I see it all the time. And so that's the only thing I really feel we need. Thank you. No problem. Thank you so much. That was very valuable. And I definitely, that was very, the very good contribution, man. Thank you so much for, for joining in and being willing to open up and talk about those things as well. It, I learned some stuff as well. Um, I'm going to be... I'm going to be bringing this episode to a close. And again, thank you for Yusuf and, and Otis for coming on. And I really wish I could talk about this a little more and hear some more of your thoughts. But um, as most of you guys know who follow me, uh, I'm planning my wedding right now. I'm getting married in July. So my fiance and I were going to go meet with uh, the caterer for our wedding. So I need to get ready for that so we can make sure that our menu and everything is good to go. Just looking forward to it. I'm very excited about that. I finally get to marry my best friend. Um, Marriage is a beautiful thing when you marry for the right reasons. You marry for the wrong reasons, you'll be in hell. That's just what I've learned. <laughs> um, but just something to consider. 
yeah i i i agree with what you're saying like people are treated differently by the way by the color of their skin um when it comes down to criminals who have different skin colors i i, I have seen that firsthand as well um and i think one of the reasons why is because of how our like each race conducts themselves the stereotypes of each race is what is the norm you really don't like when you look on tv white people are portrayed differently than black people are every time there's a reality show you have the angry black person that gets on there the stereotypical girl the stereotypical guy you never really see um like and they do things to get them pissed off so you can see the angry black character come out these reality shows there's too many people that have talked about how reality shows are, are filmed they prod them they cause conflict they make sure that they know conflict is going to come so people will watch the show and a person may come off and be very educated and seem like they come from a high class area but then the hood comes out of them as soon as they get mad <laughs> they're in everybody watches like yep there it is i knew it i knew it all along you know so we keep showing them that if we refuse to read urban books that have nothing but stereotypes in them i'm not saying all of them because I, I have not read every urban book but the vast majority of urban books have stereotypes as virtually all the characters if we stop watching movies because you know I'm, I'm willing to bet that the majority of people that go see these movies and read these books are not white i'm willing to bet that the majority of people who read urban books are black i'm willing to bet that the majority of people who watch urban movies are black if we stop look at what happened to bud light when they decided to go against their fan base everybody's united and say we're not going to support you now screw you and then they lost seven billion dollars if the black culture were to unite and say we're not going to support this stereotypical perspective of who we are because we're not stereotypes we are people that are different just like anyone else if we stop supporting these books and these movies they're going to be forced to change what they're doing to fit us because ultimately they want our money so the amount of murders going back to those statistics when you look at how many black people were killed by cops out of the totality of blacks who were murdered, period, in 2022, the amount of blacks killed by cops equivocates to 0.0316%. That is less than, that's less than 1%. So just consider that. Again, thank you all so much for your contributions. Thank you for being there with me. And I know you could be anywhere you want to be, but thank you for inviting me to your homes, to your hearts, to your workplaces, to your cars, to your ears, and to your hearts. Very grateful for you. And I hope that you go out there and check out my other episodes, anywhere podcasts are available. Real Talk with RJ. Um, please feel free to reach out to me on Wisdom and ask me questions. I do answer them. I do enjoy talking with you guys. And look forward to the next one. Wish me luck in front of my caterer. Until next time, this is Real Talk with RJ, signing out.